time God. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles today, let's turn to Mark the fifth chapter. Mark chapter five, and we'll start with verse one. I tell you, the Lord is a blessing here. And beautiful building, everything's so neat and classy and organized and pretty and just like it ought to be. The house of God ought to be neater and cleaner than our own homes. Amen. Amen. It should be. Amen. I've seen folks live in mansions and go to their church. It's like a shack. Hallelujah. I don't think God's pleased with that. No. Amen. This is the most important place in your life. The church house. Amen. This is where you go from earth to heaven. Yeah. You learn how to get there. Amen. Amen. It's the most important place in your life. Right. And I'm glad we've decided to be at that important place today. Thank you, Pastor Camarina, for allowing us to be here, inviting us to be here. Amen. Amen. Very kind folks. We love them. Amen. I just I, I just wish they loved their little girl a little more. Showed her a little more attention. Amen. She is the social media queen. Amen. We watched her grow. Well, she's never been that little. When she was in the belly, she was that big, and I think she shrunk. But beautiful little baby. Amen. Good to see Brother and Sister Walmer today. They probably don't remember us, but we remember them from years back. Elder and Sister Camarina. God bless everybody. Let's read Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. If you want to read it with me out loud, do it. It'll sure help me to read better. If not, I'll just try it myself. Let's go. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not even with chains, because that he had off or been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, not by any tools, but by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, the Bible says, night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs. He was, in other words, all the time, night and day, he was miserable, crying, cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, what did it say? He ran and worshipped him. Verse 7, and he cried with a loud voice. Now hold it, this is not the man speaking now. The man praised him. The man was worshipping Jesus. But now his problem that's inside of him right. takes over. Yeah. And his the problem begins to cry out with a loud voice. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And so it says he asked him, verse 9, Jesus asked the man, what is your name? No, let me take that back. He did not ask the man. He asked the problem. What is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion. For we are many. Hallelujah. But I want you to notice that wasn't the man's name. That was the name of his problem. Hallelujah. Anybody know people on the street? We don't know what their name is. They're just known by their problem. That's the drug addict. That's the alcoholic. That's the, the, the bag lady. That's the bu buggy pusher. We know them not by their real name, but we know them by their condition or their problem. 
Hallelujah. So when Jesus said, what is your name? That didn't matter to Jesus. He just wanted everybody else to hear what he said. He said, for we are many. Verse 10, and he besought him much that he would send him uh, them away out of the country. Verse 11, we're almost done. Now there was there nigh in the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out entered into the swine and he and the herd ran violently down to the place of the sea they were choked or they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea I like what Jesus does he took the man's problem out of him and cast it into the water I like that he let the water wash his problem away Hallelujah. verse 14 and they that fed the swine and told it in the city and in the country they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that was done now here's the results the last verse Here's the results here of a real experience with Jesus. I want to talk to somebody today. Verse 15. And they came or they come to Jesus to see him that was, not is, still is, but was possessed with Amen. the devil. Yeah. Hallelujah. And had the legion. Don't still have it, but once had it. Right. Now, here's the real results of an experience with God. Now you find him sitting clothed and in his right mind and the Bible said they were afraid which tells us today hallelujah when a person listen to me when somebody really has a life changing experience with Jesus Jesus will change the way you act the way you think the way you look and the way you dress when you have an experience with Jesus, the after will be different than the before. The new will be different than the old. There will be a noticeable change in every area of your life. And so I want to preach for the next few moments on this thought. A coat of paint is not your answer. Amen. Well, let's just go with the story since we was reading about paint. A coat of paint is not your answer. Let's love him one more time all over this house. If you got a whatever's in your hand, set it down, lift up your voice, and let's call out to God and ask him to have his way. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated this afternoon. Hallelujah. I'm not a rough preacher and I try not to be long-winded. So if you'll help me preach, I promise you I'll get finished a whole lot faster. I want you to talk back with me. Amen. Holler out. Help me preach. Anybody know what that's all about? Amen. But I'm not here today to preach like your modern day televangelist or big telepreachers. I'm not here to tell you if you give me five, if you come give me a thousand dollars, God will bless you. We're not into all that. But God wants to, well, we are into that. If you want to give me a thousand dollars, I'll be blessed. Hallelujah. But, but, but we want God to have his way here today in this house. And I want to tell somebody today that a coat of paint is is not your answer. I want you to help listen to me. Stay, stay, just stay with me today. Amen. But in this story that we just read of Legion, the part of Legion, this story sits right in the middle, Pastor Camarina, of three other hopeless situations. Amen. While Jesus and his disciples were crossing the sea to get to Legion, a severe storm came against them, and the disciples actually thought they were going to drown. They were afraid. It looked like a a hopeless situation and even though they were seasoned fishermen they lived on the water they were they were helpless at this point to solve their own problem but that problem that they were dealing with that storm was no problem for the master of the sea and he stepped up he calmed it and he calmed the men and then after this story we find where Jesus healed a woman that had been diseased with an issue of blood for 12 long years not once a month but every day all day long every day of the month for 12 years I promise you she wasn't married Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, and, and then also, we find also where he raised a little girl that was 12 years old that had died. But all four of these situations appeared hopeless from the, uh, of the human point of view. But in every case, Jesus proved he was the master of every situation. And I want to tell you, if the demon-possessed man would have been alive today, they would have sent him to a mental institute. If the diseased woman were alive, she would be sent to a terminal care ward. And the dead girl would have been sent straight to a cemetery. But this lets us know that our God is not just the master of the deep. He's the master of the demonic. He's the master of every disease. He's the master yeah. over death. Yeah. And I want to tell somebody today, he has all power yes, over your situation, your problem, your difficulties, your dangers. He has, he has power over everything and every life in this house today. The devil's a liar. I said our God has power over every situation, every circumstance, every unpaid bill, every jobless situation, every doctor's report, never went anywhere when he was on this earth to leave people like they were. Never, never, never. And he has not come today to leave anybody in this house like you came. Hallelujah. And it does not matter how you how you came today. You don't have to leave like you came. Does anybody believe that today? Amen. And throughout 
the word of God, we find whenever Jesus came on the scene, things always got better. Wherever Jesus is, things get better. Wherever Jesus is, everything you need to get better is there. That's why it's so vital. We've got to have him in our church services. We've got to have him in our prayer service. We've got to have him while we worship. We've got to have him right now. Why? Because he has everything we need. If we try to have church without him, we're going to leave just like we came. But when he is here, things always get better. When God has his way things get better aren't you glad today that he's not a God that works on the outside only hallelujah and neglects the inside and I'm also glad today that God's not a God that just works on the inside only and neglects the outside amen I said God does not just work on the inside of a person and neglect their outside and neither is he a God that just works on the outside especially and neglects the inside. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. Amen. And what we have here is God was going to give a king to Israel. And he sent Samuel down to Jesse's house to find one of his sons to be a king. And when Eliab popped up, he looked like a king. He should have been the king. He had all the king qualities. And when Samuel was fixed to choose, him, God stopped him and said, hold it. I know he ought to be the king, but I've refused him. In other words, I've sent some tests his way. He didn't realize what they were all about, and he must have failed them. Therefore, he cannot be the king. So Samuel went on and found another. But the Bible says, God said, Don't, do not look on the end. He said, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And I want to tell you, so many religious folks today love this scripture. They say, see there, it doesn't matter about the outside. It don't matter how you look. It don't matter how you dress. It don't matter anything you do on the outside as long as the inside's right. Because God don't see the outside. He just sees the inside. That's not what this scripture is saying. He's not, he's not saying, I don't see the outside. But what he's saying is man can only see the outside. But he's saying I can also see the outside but I can also see the inside of a person. Hallelujah. And I want you to know our God does nothing halfway. He does nothing half-heartedly. Everything our God does is first class. When our God speaks, universes appear. Hallelujah. When he speaks, storms come to a screeching halt. Demons come out of people. Hallelujah. Dead comes to life when our God speaks. When our God speaks, sight is restored. Deaf ears are opened. Prison doors are opened. Chains fall off. When our God speaks and moves, marriages are healed. Addictions are broken. And cancers are removed. I want to tell you, when our God heals... Doctors are amazed. When our God blesses somebody financially, the bankers are shocked. When our God delivers somebody, drunkards start preaching. And drug addicts start teaching Sunday school. Oh, do I have a witness here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is a deliverer. 
thinking this morning, when we get to heaven, heaven is going to be X-rated. What do you mean by that? Well, heaven is going to be full of ex-adulterers, ex-drunkards, ex-drug addicts, ex-prostitutes, ex-homosexuals, ex-lesbians, ex-thieves. I want to tell you, when our God delivers you, that the after is different than the before. Oh, somebody, I want to tell you today, I feel like it's that way here today. There's some exes here today in this house. today. He does it right. We're, our God is not in the business of just covering up messes, but he's in the business of fixing the problem. He's in the business of fixing the inside and the outside. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Hallelujah. He's not a God that just covers things up, baby. No, he fixes the problem. And we've all seen buildings or cars or houses that were in very bad shape, had defects or problems, and somebody would take that car, that building, or that house and put a brand new fresh coat of paint on it. Oh, that looks brand new now or so much better, but under the paint, the problems and the defects are still there. They're just covered up to look better. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Amen. They only appear better because of the coat of paint. And this is often done when somebody wants to sell a house or a building or a car. That's got a lot of problems. They just put a brand new fresh coat of paint on it. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, when you paint a house, it don't make the rooms bigger. It don't change the floor plan. It's no more structurally sound than it was. Amen. It just looks better. If you paint a car, it don't run better. It don't get better gas mileage. It just looks better. Are you with me? But listen to this preacher. When it comes to you and I, we need more than just a coat of paint to deliver us and help us and save us and fix our problems. We need more than just covering our problems up. Hallelujah. I remember remember when I was a young fella, little Bob, 10, 11, 12, me and my nephew, uh, we were always tricking one another. Anything we could do to get the other. Like my son now, he says, Dad, taste this beef jerky. It's not hot. Uh, That's all he's got to say. And from that, as soon as you taste it, the back of your mouth just goes in flames. I said, no, I'm not taking that, Nathan. If you are offering it to me, there's a problem with it. If you, you but I remember my nephew, one time I was, we used to eat, we was poor. And, of course, this is not poor food, but we were poor. And a lot of our dinners sometimes uh, just consisted of a piece of cheese toast. Anybody ever had that? It's very good. I don't mean you're poor to have that, but it's good. Hey, now, you're poor if you have to eat bologna. That's what I feel. Hey, or Vienna sausages. The only way I like Vienna sausages is to put them in a blender and like a juice, just drink. No, no, not really, not really. With some warm mayonnaise on top of it. That's not. 
What I'm trying to do is curb your appetite so you wait on me to get through here. <clears throat> but, but I put that piece of cheese toast in the oven and I, I put those hot, hot pizza peppers underneath the cheese. And I was doing it for my nephew. And so I said, Ricky, uh, lunch will be ready here shortly. And he just kind of like, what do you mean lunch is good? What are you doing making our lunch? And so I said, oh, you know, I'm just, just felt like doing it. He, you know, you just know, you know, it's no, this ain't normal. So he's watching the oven light and he watches it. And as the cheese melts down to the bread, those peppers are coming out the top of it. He said, that's why we're not eating that today. Amen. But, but see, 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 that's the deal. It, 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 God's not in the covering business. Yeah. Because if you cover something, it's not long till what's under it. It's going to come out. Can you imagine walking into a house that's been empty for years? Filthy. Knee deep in trash. Infested with termites. Caving in all around. Bats flying around. Cats and dogs. And and somebody says, hey, I've got an idea. Let's paint the house. Man, are you crazy? What's that going to do? All it's going to do is make this shack look a little better. Amen. And that make about as much sense as what Jesus said. He said when he talked about washing the outside of a cup and the inside is filthy or painting the outside of a tomb when it's filled with old nasty bones. But I want to tell you, that's how many people look at religion today. They look at religion as just a coat of paint. Hallelujah. They view religion like some kind of self-improvement effort. Amen. What happened? A person decides, I just want to do better. I'm going to go to church, do a little better. They take on a few new habits. They have a few new life patterns. Even change some of their ways. But in reality, going to church only makes them look better on the outside. It dresses them up on the outside. But underneath, the sin problem still remains. The addiction, the pain, the sinful hurts is still going on. You with me here today? I want to tell you, if that's all the church could offer, then all of us would be dirty on the inside and just dressed up on the outside. Hallelujah. But today I've come to tell somebody that what God is offering today is far more than just a spiritual coat of paint. When God touches a life, He don't just dress it up on the outside, baby. He changes the inside also. Anybody believe me today? And today I want to tell you, we're not just a bunch of sinners sitting here that's just dressed up to look religious. But thank God we've been redeemed by the blood. We're born again. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're saints of the Most High. We've been changed. Hallelujah. From the inside, outside. We have more than just a coat of paint here today. Thank God we have Holy Ghost salvation. Anybody ever know what a farm is? Anybody know anybody that knows the word farm? Can anybody spell farm? Amen. You take a hog. You pull him out of that muddy pit. Wash him down. Wash him with good smelling soap. Spray perfume on him. Put it under arm, it under his legs. And put a little ribbon on his head. Curl his hair up if there's any there on the top of the head. Oh, he looks so pretty and clean. But as soon as you let him go, he's right back in that mud pit. 
Why? Hallelujah. Because cleaning up the outside ain't going to take that desire that's on the inside away. And people want to believe, well, if I can just correct my errors, uh, I just want to take a little time out. Uh, I want to go to a little seminar or go to a little rehab. Uh, and that's all it'll be. I'll be fixed up better. But I'm going to tell you, that's hogwash. Amen. That don't work. Hallelujah. It ain't just sitting under a seminar or getting a little lecture or a little rehab. Amen. That's not what we need. What we need is that sinful person on the inside to have a complete change. Hallelujah in our hearts. I want to tell you this living for God business. It's not a process of remodeling the person you used to be. Hallelujah. God don't want to remodel you. He wants to completely demolish, remove the old you and start all over brand new from scratch. Hallelujah. Because it ain't what's done on the outside that changes a person. But it's what's done on the inside that changes you and I. Does anybody believe what I'm talking about today? Let me hurry on today. But I heard a story about a realtor that was selling a, a warehouse and a property in a certain town. And it had been empty for months and needed much repair. It had vandals had broken in and tore the doors off, broke the windows. Uh, trash was everywhere. And as he was showing this piece of property there on the corner with the old uh, dilapidated warehouse on it to a prospective buyer, amen, the realtor kept stressing, I know it looks bad, but he said, we'll fix the the broken windows. We'll change out the doors. I'll send the crew in to clean it all up. We'll make it better. And finally, the prospective buyer looked at him and said, hold it, sir. Forget about all those repairs. I'm not even interested in this building. I just want the site that it's sitting on. I'm going to tear that building down anyhow, and I'm going to build a brand new edifice here. And I want to tell you, that's the way our God is. He ain't worried about your sin. He ain't worried about how long, why, who did it, how bad it is in your life, he's going to wash all that away anyhow. He's not just going to remodel you. He's not just going to put a paint job on you. He's going to build a brand new creature. Oh, somebody praise him. God doesn't want the old you or the old me. When we become his property, he builds a brand new structure. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are just washed and passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Are you with me today? Let me hurry down hill now. In our text, we find Jesus came to this country. And uh, there was a one man that made the whole country famous. Uh, he lived in the tombs. Uh, he was infested with demons. Uh, he, he, the Bible says you can hear him all through the night screaming and hollering uh, throughout the area. Mothers would hide their children because of this man uh, who would cut himself with stones. Uh, he was trying to relieve the pressure. He was so miserable on the inside uh, that he would take stones and cut himself, uh, thinking the pain from the stones uh, would cause him to forget about the misery on the inside. He had open wounds. He was bleeding. He was scarred from years of torment. He was naked, running around, uncontrollable. And at different times,
times they would try to bind him, he would break the chains like they were just threads. No man could tame him. Let me tell you, what would it take to help somebody in this condition? What would be the answer for somebody like this? Religion? A politically correct Sunday school lesson? A self-help book? Self-help book? How about a little counseling? That'll probably do it. How about a 10-step program? That ought to help him. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what he needed. He needed a little a preacher that would sit on a bar stool with his shirt tail out, giving a little religious lecture with his coffee and his sandals on, telling how great God is, hallelujah, and telling how great you are and how much God owes him. That's what he needed. Somebody there with his little coffee cup saying, you're wonderful and God owes you a better life. That's what he, no, no, baby. That's not what he needed. Right. A coat of paint could not help this man. Right. He needed somebody that could free him yeah. from yeah. the inside out. Right. He needed somebody with authority and power to make a change in his life. He needed somebody with more power than the problem that he had. He needed somebody that could speak a word into his life and turn his life around. He needed Jesus is what he needed. And I want you to know today, every one of us in this building, listen to this preacher, nobody needs just a coat of painting, a coat of paint. Every one of us need Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I feel like telling somebody here today, some of you have become way too comfortable with just coming to church and leaving like you came every service and no change in your life. Some of you feel like just coming to church. That's all I need to do. It's like your little, your little, your little time out. It's like your little what you and it's like a little coat of paint. There, I go to church. I feel better. But listen, when you leave out, if there's no change. Amen. Something ain't right. 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 The time has come for some changes to take place in somebody's life. Amen. And I'm not talking about just a few little outward changes so people will think you're religious or, oh, I'm a Christian or you're close to God. But I'm talking about somebody here today needs to have an experience with God where the power of heaven changes something on the inside to the outside. Amen. And I'm talking about when Jesus steps into your life and into your world and he makes a permanent, noticeable change in you. Amen. See, when Jesus really changes you, you won't even have to tell people. They'll see it. Amen. He don't walk like he used to walk. He don't cuss like he used to cuss. She don't smoke anymore. They're not hooked on drugs anymore. They're not having their beer parties. They're not, they're not talking filthy. They're not stealing. Why? Because there's been a change. But when you just put a coat of paint over it, the problem is still there. The sin is still active. We don't need a coat of paint, church. We need for a God to step on the inside and change. Yeah. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. I realize nobody here today is in the condition of the man we read about. You're not living in the graveyard, I don't guess. 
I don't guess anybody's cutting themselves with stones to try to bring some relief to yourself. But somebody here today, you're taking a beating from the devil. And you have no way of helping yourself. You need a change in your life. You know you're not what you need to be. I got a sister right now on her fourth, fifth marriage, and it didn't even work. She's separated from that. Her whole family is a mess. No church, no God in their life, no truth, just, just trying to do their best. And so her little, her little grandson is 23 years old, strung out on heroin, crack, cocaine, life messed up, stealing drug dealers after him. And he, his life's a mess. So she took him in, and she don't know what to do with him because she's still bound herself. So she's just trying to put a coat of paint over everything, but it never gets better. And what is so sad, we have people that are just wearing a coat of paint. There's no change in their life. They've never been delivered. They've never been set free. They're bound by sin, and our children are coming up and getting on drugs. They're becoming alcoholics. They're in trouble with the the law. They're in and out of prisons. Amen. And we have nothing to offer them but a coat of paint. That's a sad deal, baby. But I'm here to tell you, our God offers more than a coat of paint. He will change you on the inside. And when He makes a change on you on the inside. You'll have something to offer your children. You'll have yeah. something to offer your teenagers. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Our God is more than a coat of paint. Oh, do I have a witness in this place today? Somebody here right now, you know you're not where you need to be. You know there's things in your life that's not right. You need for God to change you. seated up almost done. That'd be like the woman that has a husband that's unfaithful and running around and when he leaves he's always dressed to, 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 to flirt with all the ladies and she catches up with him and realizes the marriage is falling apart. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do baby, when I leave I won't dress like that no more. No, that's not the answer. It's not just the outside but something needs to happen on the inside. Oh hallelujah. I'm here to tell you God's not worried about a little coat of paint just to cover it where everybody else thinks you look okay. Yeah. Too many people in religious churches today, they spend all their time trying to look religious, trying to look like a Christian, so to speak. Yeah. Hallelujah. So everybody else will think well of them. But baby, it ain't about that coat of paint. And I'm not talking about separation dress. I'm talking about the fake coat of paint that they wear. But underneath, they're still guilty of lying. They're still in adultery. They're still in pornography. They're still taking their drugs. They're still in their alcohol. They're still running around the nightclubs. They're still losing their minds. Why? Because a coat of paint can't deliver you. God needs to get on the inside. Deliver somebody today. Oh, somebody love it right now. Somebody love it right now. Somebody here today, you may not be living in tombs or cutting yourself with stones, but are you living in depression, fear, regret, shame? Oh, preacher, I don't have rocks cutting me. No, but are you hurting yourself with drugs, 
alcohol, beer, whiskey, cigarettes, weed, crack. You know why people do that? It's to relieve their pressure. If I can just drink it away and maybe I'll forget about it. If I can just smoke it. If I can, that ain't helping nothing. It's creating compounded problems. Not only are you hooked on pornography or an adulterer, but now you're hooked on pain pills. Now you're hooked on the needle. Now, hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what to do. Just come on to church. We'll put a little coat of paint on you. We'll put you in a suit. We'll make you look real pretty and handsome. We'll give you a Bible. You can sit on the front row. Listen to this teacher. Listen to our, our little lectures. We No, baby. That's not what I need. I don't need anything to cover up my sickness. I don't need anything. When I got cancer on my arm, when I got cancer in my body, and the blue spots are popping out, I don't need nobody just to get a bandage to put over the cancer spots. That's not going to take care of the problem. I'm still dying. But it looks better. Nobody else sees them. Baby, you've got to reach a point in your life. It don't matter how you look in their eyes. I'm not trying to impress nobody. i got to be delivered. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody love him right now. Oh, Jesus. Are you tormented today with anger? Are you tormented with hatred? Are you tormented with jealousy? I feel this right now. Are you tormented with suicidal thoughts? Is anybody today you're tormented? May not be with rocks and stones, but you're tormented with abuse. Sexually, you've been abused. Physically, mentally, you've been abused. I need help. I've come to tell somebody you don't need a coat of paint. You don't need a powerless, unchanging religious experience. You don't need something just to cover you and change the image. You need Jesus. Somebody love him one more time. Somebody love him one more time. Somebody came looking for Jesus today. Somebody came looking for Jesus. Listen to me. On that island of Gadaris, this man was infested with over 2,000 demons, at least. He would run up and down through the graveyard, up one side of a mountain, and screaming, Help! I need deliverance! Let me take this rock. Maybe that'll bring some relief. I'm going to bring more pain and sickness now. Let me cut this. But in days, day and hour, let me drink some of it. Let me smoke. Let me pop this. No, but the only problem is we're trying to, we can't, there's some things we can't deliver ourselves from. And the whiskey is not the answer. Coolers is not the answer. Wine is not the answer. Cigarettes, marijuana, pain pills, heroin, crack. Oh, that's the answer. The bigger screen. That is the answer. The better job. That's not the answer. Right. 
And so he's screaming, help somebody! And they try to chain him up. That's not the answer! Prison's not my answer. Hallelujah. It's just saving others from getting hurt. And so the devils are tormenting his mind saying, shut up! Nobody's going to help you. You're over here on the island in the graveyard by yourself. Nobody even knows you're here. Kill yourself. And while he kept on, I don't know who knows where I'm at, but all I know is I don't want to die like this. There's got to be something better. I don't want to cope with pain. I need to be delivered. And he's screaming. And isn't it amazing, out of the middle of nowhere, in a little graveyard tucked away where nobody even knows about Jesus says, come on, boys, I hear something. I hear something. Somebody's calling for me. Where are you going? I'm going to the graveyard. But God, there's somebody, one person, and somebody came here today. You don't even know what you're searching for. You've been searching. You didn't even realize what you're looking for. But he knows what you're looking for. And he has come today to meet somebody in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this man had over 2,000 devils in him. Somebody say 2,000 devils. And not even 2,000 devils could stop that man from coming to Jesus. And I just want to ask somebody here today that's already maybe making up your mind, I ain't going to do anything for God. What is more powerful in your life today than 2,000 devils that can stop you from getting right with God? What is it that can keep you bound like you are? Oh, I feel his presence here today. If you really want help today, nothing or nobody from hell can stop you. No husband, no wife, no friend, no parent, no relative, no career, no job. Nothing can stop you if you really want to get into the presence of Jesus. Amen. Let's love him right now. Let's love him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is here right now. He's here right now. He wants to help somebody from the inside out. Hallelujah. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man that used to be like a wild, crazy man. Now he's sitting still, talking normal, looks right, acting right, thinking right. What happened? Did you put a coat of paint? No. I took his problem away. And when I took the problem away, everything else just fell in place. And I'll close with this thought. First of all, somebody here today, you need more than pretending that everything's okay. You need to quit pretending you're all right. You know you're not all right. Quit trying to act all right. You need to spend some time to get all right with Jesus. And all you've got to do today to get right with Jesus. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been where I'm talking about right now? I remember walking in 40 years ago with a young boy, 15 years old, long hair, skinny, in a Pentecostal church. Here I was, a marijuana, rock and roll, head to hell, poor street kid, no future, and everybody's worshiping, and I'm trying to act like them, but on the inside, I was so miserable. 
And I remember the night I realized I'm not trying to impress anybody here. I need Jesus. Somebody here today, you need to get out of your seat in a few moments. Fine. Listen, don't let a husband stop you. If a husband wants to go to hell, let him go to hell. But baby, I ain't going with you. Don't let a wife stop you. Don't let a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a mom or a dad or an uncle or a cousin or him. Don't let nothing stop you and keep you from going to heaven. Don't let anybody cause you to go to hell. Honey, but if you want to stay on your drugs, if you want to keep getting drunk, if you want to keep getting in trouble with the law, if you want to keep having the drive-bys come by often, if you want to live that dangerous life, you go ahead, baby. But I'm going to live for Jesus. I don't know how much longer I got, but I'm going to spend a living for Him. I'm not staying down by sin. I don't care what my mama was. I don't care what my daddy was. I don't care what my family was. I'm not going to be like them. I want deliverance. So you need to come and talk to Jesus today. And don't just come up here and bow your head and close your eyes and say a cute little prayer. That man didn't kneel down and say, now lay me down to sleep. No, baby. He had his hands raised. He was screaming. He was crying. I need help! And ask God to forgive you of your sins. Lay your sins down. Then go home and throw the mess in the garbage can. Pour those whiskey bottles down the drain. Throw those pills in the toilet. Flush it. Get rid of it. Burn it. Get Whatever. I'm through with it. Let this wonderful pastor take you and take all your past sins with you. Take you in the next room and put you down in the water in the name of Jesus. And when you go down in that water, the blood of Jesus will come marching in there. It'll wash every sin you've ever done away. Well, preacher, I don't know if I can live it by myself. God will fill you with his spirit. He'll give you the power. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. Let's stand, please. The preacher in New York once, the preacher in New York was preaching. He had a humongous church, thousands of folks. And right downtown of the Bronx, New York, was a rough area. Lots of homeless, lots of crime, lots of gangs. There was a lot of homeless would come in wanting handouts, and that was understandable. And he said, well, I was preaching that night. I was preaching on Jesus and his mercy and the cross and the blood and the price he paid for our sins and how he'll forgive anybody. And he said, while I was preaching, I saw a homeless man step way in the back, long matted hair, beard, in the old clothes. He said, you can see people moving because of the smell of the stench in his body, the sweat, the fecus, the, 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 the urine, the, the vomit, the vodka. Oh, it was all mixed together. And the man was just standing back there with, and just standing there kind of shaking. And so he gave the altar call. People were praying and crying. And at the end of the altar call was closing down. He looked and there was that homeless man that walked and was standing over here now. And so when he got through talking to whoever he was, he pulled out his wallet and said, come on. And as a homeless man approached him, he pulled out some money and was handing it to him. The homeless man pushed that money back, tears in his eyes. He said, preacher, I don't want your money. I want that Jesus you're talking about. I don't want to paint a coat, coat of paint. I want to change. If what you're saying is true, I want him to do it for me. That man got right with God that night. Amen.
changed his life. The power of God changed him because he wanted it. And today the man is the head janitor of that big church. He's got a wife, got children. They're all in the church living for the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, that's what Jesus does. A coat of paint. He has still been homeless. But when Jesus gets a hold of you, he completely changes everything about you. Do I have a witness here today? I need somebody to help me pray right now. This might have been a little longer. I felt like it was. But somebody help me pray right now. I apologize for the length of time. But I feel like God's talking to somebody right now. And what you're feeling when you're feeling the presence of what you're feeling right now is something that's saying, come on and pray. That's the Holy Ghost. But that that is telling you, no, don't pray now. Wait till later. That's the devil today. Hallelujah. Who are you going to listen to as the church begins to pray? As the church begins to their hearts right now praying for you and for themselves. I wish somebody would step out of your seat and say that's it. I'm not staying like I am. I'm not leaving like I came. I'm not going to stay the man I've always been or the lady. I'm not following down this road any longer. This road is leading to a dead end. It's taking me to hell. I'm not happy. Our home's not happy. My children's not happy. Nothing's good. I need deliverance. Won't you come and pray right now? These altars are open as we come. I need a church that knows how to lift your voice tonight. Hallelujah. Let me hear you pray, church. 